It is typical for all local church members to struggle with the fear of man, fear of man issues, including not just struggling with the issues personally, but also how to help others when this sin has captured them. Now, this problem has a two-part solution. Part one is that we must teach on the issue of the fear of man, and then part two, we must create context so that we can help each other to overcome this universal problem that we have with fear and shame and guilt. The reason that I'm doing this podcast is because I had a member write in, and he asked a question, and the question had something to do with, I I said that we will always struggle with the fear of man all the days of our lives until we receive a new body in Jesus. And so he commented on that, and he asked me a question, and I want to share with you the question that he asked me, and that will make up what this podcast is about. Welcome to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me. This podcast is titled, The Sobering Reason is Hard to Overcome Insecurity. And you can read all of this podcast on our website. Go to rickthomas.net. Look for that title, The Sobering Reason is hard to overcome insecurity, and you will be able to read it and share it and hopefully benefit from it. Also, please use this um, to help others. Please use this article in your discipleship practices, and it may be that you want to give this to another individual for them to help you. It should be going both ways, and I trust it is with your most vital relationships that you have. Let me read to you the couple of paragraphs that the member wrote in to me, and it was so good that I, wa- I did want to devote it or devote a podcast to it. The member said, while reading your article, one comment jumped out at me. Now, the article that he's talking about is called How to, T- how to Train Your Flea or How to Control Someone. Now, if you haven't read that article, it's linked here, and I would encourage you to read it. How to Train Your Flea or How to control someone. I was watching a video on YouTube for whatever reason, and it it talked about how you can train fleas. You can put fleas in a mason jar, a glass jar, and you can keep them in there. You can keep them down. And anyway, uh, you can read that article because a lot of people are trained fleas. They have been in abusive context. They've been in authoritarian context. They've been in harsh context. They've been in difficult relationships with people, and they just—they have just learned to to duck. They have learned to to stay low so they're not hit in the head. That's called flea training, according to this YouTube video. And so I wrote an article about that, and it's important for all of us to to learn from it, and you would benefit. And so if you want to, you can read that article, How to Train Your Your Flea. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek title. But yet the subject matter is is very serious. And so he said, while reading your article, one comment jumped out at me. You said, Rick, quote, for perspective's sake, it takes a lifetime to work through the fear of man issues. Truthfully, we won't be completely free from this sin until we meet Jesus. But you can mature through this sin problem In my experience, it takes about one year of intentional one-to-one care, about five years of normal care, and the rest of your life doing self-care 
while teaching others what you have learned, end quote. My member went on to say, I believe that this is true, but it doesn't seem the local church is addressing this issue. My church is a gospel-centered, Bible-based, and with sound teaching. But I would also say the majority of the members have ongoing fear of man issues. Like the examples you provided, the gospel is more theoretical than practical. Experiences define identity. We are gospel-impotent. I become overwhelmed thinking about all the resources that, that some need for one-on-one care for a year. Is this typical in the churches today? And that is what the member wrote to me, and that's what I want to respond to in this podcast. Again, you can read the podcast if you wish. The sober reason is hard to overcome insecurity. I want to pull out the quote that that jumped out at him, and I want to make sure that you you hear it clearly, and so I, I will repeat it, and then I'll, I'll go into the podcast. But the quote that that jumped out to him I said, for perspective's sake, it takes a lifetime to work through the fear of man issues. Truthfully, we won't be completely free from this sin until we meet Jesus, but you can mature through this sin problem. In my experience, it takes about one year of intentional one-to-one care. That's where you get intensive and you just you just hunker down with an individual and, and really give them some dedicated care for about a year. These are arbitrary time dates, of course. And then I said about five years of normal care. This is just normal, normal discipleship that happens in the various contexts of a a local church. And then the rest of your life doing self-care. That's what we all should be doing on a regular daily basis while teaching others what you have learned. Of course, we want to always be in the export business. In fact, one of the most effective things that you can do for your sanctification is be be exporting the things that you are learning and applying to your own life to others. And so that is a fourfold approach to overcome the fear of man. About one year of intentional care, five years of normal care, the rest of your life doing self-care and teaching others what you have learned. Now, some people may not be familiar with this biblical term, the fear of man. The text is Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man lays a snare, but he who trusts the Lord will be uh, will be safe. Our culture doesn't use it, which is fine. They're not supposed to <laughs> because they they reject the Bible, and so it's really not fair of us to expect them to talk like us and think like us. It is sad when we begin to adopt their ways, and, and sometimes we use the language of peer pressure or insecurity or, or codependency, and those terms are fine, by the way, but it's just not the most precise way of thinking about it, not the most precise biblical language. The Bible also talks about the fear of man along the lines of shame, which is an an inherent awkwardness, an internal awkwardness that implies that there is something wrong with us. Now, there are a host of, of other biblical categories that 
that feed our, in, our, our fear of man, our insecurities. Things like guilt and anxiety and, and fear and worry and shame and criticism and harshness and unkindness and abuse, whether it's physical or, or verbal, manipulation, timidity, shyness, mocking. As you can see, fear of man is not an isolated issue in, in a vacuum, but yet it has tentacles and, and there are things that feed it and it feeds things. And so this is a, a big issue. Now, any of these things that I mentioned, guilt, anxiety, fear, worry, shame, criticism, harshness, etc., they operate to stir up our pre-existing, Adam-given internal shame. And it is important to remember that this is part of what it means to be born in Adam. After Adam's sin, there was a constellation of sin issues that, that became ours, Shame, fear, guilt, to name three of them. This human condition is universal. God created all people equally, and we're depraved entirely, though everyone is not affected by sin similarly. Every person does not struggle the same way with fear of man. Even though we're created equal, and even though we're totally depraved, we're not affected the same way. Every person is not insecure around every person that they meet. Fear of man works out differently with different people and, and within different circumstances. For example, if a girl's dad sexually or verbally abused her, she will more than likely struggle with some male relationships. And then there will be other girls that just do not struggle with male relationships. That's how it can be different even though we're the same in many ways. Or if a boy was regularly put down by his father, there is a good chance he will compensate for his insecurities by, by becoming an overachiever. Some of the most successful people that you will meet mask their insecurities with their bravado. Fear of man is an Adamic problem that can only be cured by the gospel which is the person and work of Jesus Christ, as it is effectually transforming an individual over an extended period. And that's why I was saying to our the person that was asking me a question, that's why I was laying out this long-term plan to overcome this pandemic problem that is so deep within our, within our psyche, within our, within our souls. This critical problem is where the vital questions that he was asking me regarding the church come, in the pl come into play. The reason we will struggle with the fear of man to varying degrees is that we will never completely be free from the curse of Adam, not in this life, not in our, not in our mortal bodies. And this truth means that on this side of heaven, there will not be perfect sanctification in anyone this perspective should not be discouraging for anyone who believes in and practicalizes the gospel. God can change us, and he is changing us. We are not like those who are without hope. We have unlimited confidence because the Father is our Lord, the Savior is our Redeemer, the Spirit is our guide, but there is a rub. When you bring 200, 500, 1,000 people together on any given Sunday for a local church meeting, you're bringing people together who struggle with fear of man. 
You say, to think about this problem can be overwhelming, as my reader question asker said. If I look at the problem too long, I will be overwhelmed too. But not just overwhelmed, I can become easily frustrated, which is called sinful anger. As I think about the ineffectiveness of the local church, specifically with this issue that you are identifying, it's imperative that while you're looking at the problem, you're spending more time looking at the Savior. And so I just want to give you a warning here because it's so easy to become enveloped by the problems that we see. A good rule of thumb is for every look you take at a sin or every look that you take at a problem, you should take 10 looks at the Savior. Someone said it this way, and I don't remember who. I would give them credit for it, but this is an excellent quote. When I look too intently at my sin, I get discouraged. When I don't look at it enough, I discourage others. Lord, help me to keep away from both extremes. And so before I give you a solution to the question that you're asking me, I want to give you that warning. Some people ignore sin by pretending it does not exist, which is a recipe for dysfunctional relationships. And then other folks are sin-centered, which is depressing. The best answer is honesty with yourself and the Bible, which should keep us focused on Christ as we humbly address our problem with sin and with each other. And so fear of man is a problem, as you have identified, but the more substantial part of your question is a church question. And maybe it could be asked this way, why isn't the church addressing this issue? Well, one, the church is. The church is doing a fantastic job. I'm talking about the local church. The local church is doing a fantastic job with helping millions of people around the world, but that doesn't negate the significance or the importance of your question. I would say that what you are putting your finger on is one of the most important or the biggest problems in our local churches. If we are afraid to be honest with each other, our best relationships can hardly go beyond superficial there will always be exceptions to the rule. I, I know that, and I pray to God that you do have a few, one or two in-depth relationships. And what I mean by that, in-depth, that, that get into the nooks and crannies of your lives, the, the secret things that are going on in your life so that you can receive the redemptive help of the community. But for the most part, the church as a whole will continue to sputter along with casual or semi-pretending relationships which will never get into the real muck of their lives. I would not frame the solution as a resource problem. You remember what the person was saying? I cannot imagine how many resources would be necessary to resolve this huge problem that we have with fear of man. I just wouldn't frame it that way as a resource problem, even though if you think about what I said, one year of intentional soul care, five years of regular care, and then rest of your life with, with self-care as you go out and, and teach others, I can see how you could interpret it like, wow, what kind of resources do we need? Well, let me say it directly to you. We don't need more resources. 
We really don't. Resources are a modern-day solution to problems. But this is not how things used to be. Here's an overrated question. Sometimes I get a little weary of this question. Sometimes I have to guard my heart when I hear this question. Here it is. Do you have a book for? And then fill in the blank. We don't need another book for our problems. Jesus was not passing out books. He didn't start a Bible study for overcoming the fear of man. We can overcomplicate our lives with books and Bible studies and men's meetings and more conferences. When it is all said and done, the only thing you need is honesty with each other. Sometimes we go way around the bend to get to where we need to go when there's a, a more direct route. Just being honest and transparent and vulnerable with each other that's what you need. That's how it begins. What if you think about your question this way? What if you cast two big visions and implemented them in your local church, which I believe could change the culture of the local church dynamically regarding the fear of man? Here are the two things that I would recommend to address this problem of insecurity, fear of man, peer pressure, codependency, the universal pandemic problem that we have with it. Number one, clearly explain, using many different contexts and mediums, the problem with the fear of man. Make sure that we are regularly, steadily explaining the problem. And then number two, practice being honest with each other about how the fear of man plays out in our lives. Fear not is the most often repeated appeal in the Bible, though you will find it worded in different ways. The Bible deals with the sin of fear more than any other transgression, and the reason for this is apparent. Fear is the practical opposite of faith. You cannot have sound faith if you are afraid. Being afraid, being anxious, worrying, or whatever form of fear you want to use is hostile to our confidence in God. Unbelief leads to fear. When Adam chose to disbelieve, disbelieve, that is anti-faith, becoming fearful was the next thing to happen to him. It's just a formula. It's a logical equation. Unbelief leads to fear. And so when he chose to disbelieve, anti-faith, becoming fearful was the next thing to happen, which, in the, which is a form of biblical shame. Adam's problem is ours. We are afraid, which is why we have a gospel. Christ desires to abolish our fears by placing our faith in him alone. But when a person becomes born a second time, he begins living in a dualistic construct that competes to captivate his mind. The dualistic construct is fear versus faith, Adam versus Christ, light versus darkness. This matter is why we must teach others about our faith nemesis, fear. Fear can be spiritually debilitating. The most oft-repeated phrase in the Bible. That's why point number one to address the problem that you're speaking of, we must teach this regularly, steadily. We must be honest with each other. It's not a matter of more resources. It's a matter of more clarity, more teaching, point number one, and greater honesty, application, point number two. This problem is not as complicated as some may think. 
We have to choose whether we want to be a community of Christ-like disciple-makers or a group of isolated and individualized men and women hiding behind our fig leaves. One of our members was meditating on, on this thing that I'm talking about here, and they chimed in on the question on our community forum, the question that I shared with you from the member at the beginning of this podcast. And he added, this other member added this perceptive insight. Listen to him. He said, our culture even within the church, has become so individualized that soul care can be almost impossible. In my limited experience, individualism permeates the church. The entire New Covenant ethic is that of family, one another, and our inner relatedness. Yet what we see in practice is the opposite. It seems Christians would rather pay fees to a non-Christian expert than develop relationships in the local church. I believe part of the root of this problem is the emphasis on the individual rather than the body. This member is teaching us. And by the way, he's a pastor. We need this kind of equipping because it's part of the solution. Whether it's preaching or small groups or men's groups or retreats or one-to-one interactions, we need to isolate and, and highlight this problem that we have with fear and individual individualism and isolating and covering ourselves in fig leaves, or as the, the questioner was asking me, this, this struggle that we have with fear of man. And the more we bring it to our minds, the apter we will begin to pursue context, point number two, and relationships where we can be open and honest with each other. This kind of response to teaching, equipping, and instruction That is the second half of the solution. Create settings that can apply the teaching about this struggle with the fear of man. The title of the podcast is The Sobering Reason is Hard to Overcome Insecurity. I had a member write in, and he he talked about how uh, discouraging it could be to, to think about how significant this problem of fear of man or insecurity or peer pressure is and the resources that we need to overcome this problem within any local assembly. I am saying that we do not need resources. It's overrated. What we need are two things. Number one, clearly explain, using many different contexts and mediums, the problem with fear of man. And then number two, Practice being honest with each other about how the fear of man plays out in our lives. And so let me address this second issue about let's, let's have context for change, to help each other change. Typically, I spend two years teaching these ideas to my small group. It takes about two years to inculcate these ideas of transparency and honesty and and being intentionally intrusive into each other's lives. My community, my small group, is like every other Christian small group in a church. It's a group of people who are timid to varying degrees about letting others know who they really are. Each person in our group, including me, comes to every meeting with fig leaves, covering their shame, There is a part of all of us that draws back from being found out, from being exposed. Adam was the best at it. 
It says, And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. This is Genesis 3. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. You can see you see the debilitating effect of what happened after they chose to unbelieve. And so they hid themselves. And the Lord called to the man and said, Where are you? And he said, I, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was, a na- I was naked. I hid myself. Can you hear the fear language and concepts in this passage? Adam is our representative. He is who all of us are. We are a fearful lot hiding behind our fig leaves, hoping God and others will discover, will won't, will not discover who we are. And then we become Christians and start living in this Adam Christ tension of hoping to reveal ourselves to others, but yet afraid that it will happen. It's private torture of the mind, which can cause us to do weird things. The course of action that I referenced in the flea article, How to Train Your Flea, it talked about a process of care. And that's why he asked, well, I laid out that process of care. One year of, of intense counseling-type context, five years of, of just normal discipleship, then uh, the rest of your life doing self-care, but I did not expand on the comment that stuck out to the individual, and that's why I'm doing this podcast as a follow-up. If a person is struggling with fear of man, he needs someone to disciple him. Someone needs to come alongside him in different contexts to help him work through this sin problem, I suggested a year. For one year, while doing small group life, going to the movies, going out to dinner, meeting one another for breakfast, hanging at the house— and other types of relational venues and events, the discipler should be able to build a bridge to speak into the individual's life. After about a year of discipleship, the discipler will have poured many good ideas into his friend to where the friend can begin to relax and address this problem personally and practically. The discipler continues the relationship mostly through encouragement In time, the disciple should also become a discipler. He begins to care for others in a similar way in which he has received care. All the while, the church is teaching how the gospel settles and solves our fears. And so point number one, the steady training is running in the background like an endless loop tape. In various contexts in the local church, the church is teaching about this idea of fear. And then point number two, there is ongoing discipleship care. There are no needed resources, only a vision, point number one, and practice, point number two, for care. The leaders cast the concept and the people run with it. This strategy doesn't add anything to anyone's plate. Nothing more than what they are already doing, parties, small groups, movies, dinners, shopping. The preacher is preaching, the small group leaders are leading, the people are going to the movies and out to dinner. Folks are gathering around the pool in the summer and going to Christmas parties in the winter. The critical question then becomes, now that I have the vision and understand the problem, will I be intentional with the people I regularly hang out with on a week-to-week basis? Most times, this kind of relational intentionality, it only requires five minutes or less chatting about a person's struggle with the fear of man because it's happening in so many contexts. The rest of the time together can be about the movie, the party, or the barbecue. 
the real problem that the individual was raising with this question to me and the point of this podcast, it's not so much about the fear of man as it is a gospel breakdown of the mind. Has the gospel influenced me enough to where I have an other-centered default? Like Matthew 22, of loving God and loving others more than myself. Or Philippians 2, esteeming others more than myself. People know they are insecure. Whether the church is 100 people, 500 people, or 1,000 people, they all come together, and every one of them struggles with some version of shame or insecurity or fear of man, however you want to label it. Everybody is that way. The real problem is their affection for the gospel, the person work of Christ. It can be so minimal in some individuals' lives that they are not motivated to face their fears by seeking help, by coming alongside others to help them. The Bible calls this lukewarm Christianity. It's like having a part-time job. Christ is not my main job, but something I do on the side. Christ is a side hustle. If the gospel were truly affecting folks the way that it could, we would not be asking these questions. The people would be eager for change, and their fears would not get in the way. You see this in Acts 2, 42 through 47. You're probably familiar with the passage, and it would be great passage to meditate where the people, they didn't need resources. What they were doing is they were living out a more profound love for Christ, the gospel. When this kind of affection happens for Christ, they won't mind getting into people's business or allowing others to get into theirs. The gospel is God's best answer for the fear of man. The title of the podcast is The Sobering Reason is Hard to Overcome Insecurity. There is a call on all of us. Will we make our churches teaching centers where we are laying out this problem that we all struggle with? And will we create context in which people will will experience these environments of grace where they can be more open and honest with each other? If you would like to talk about this or anything else that's on your heart, please come to our community forums, chat with us. It would be a joy to talk with you. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.